It's summertime in the Northern Hemisphere, and much of North America is currently experiencing extreme heat. Has been, and will be, for a while. Records for high temps have been broken in the history of record-keeping. Some blame climate change. Others claim the Earth has experienced far more extreme temps up or down in its long history. Despite our opinions, the heat is serious, even life-threatening for some. Hospital emergency rooms are overloaded with heat-related emergencies. We need to take some precautions. We need to know the signs, the symptoms, and the treatment. That's what we're discussing today, avoiding, recognizing, and treating heat-related emergencies. So stay with us. Welcome to Practical Prepping, episode number 397. We're here to help everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way, whether it is a natural disaster like a tornado or a hurricane or a lockdown, inflation, or food shortages, you need to be prepared. I'm Mark. And I'm Krista. And today, we'll be talking about heat-related emergencies. If you would like the episode notes, go to practicalprepping.info slash 397. Boy, it is really warm. It is hot out there. I looked over at the temperature. Well, the temperature is dropping in the backyard. It's down to 97. Well, it looks like a storm's about to roll in. And you know how I can tell from here? My grandmother taught me that when you see the leaves blowing in the wind on the trees and you see the underside, when you can see the underside of the leaf, that means rain is coming. And, you know, I have found that to be true 100 percent of the time. That's one of those old earth wisdom things. Old earth wisdom, mm-hmm. but it's also the new modern forecast for today. Well, there you go. see the weather service got <laughs> mammals forecast right. I remember Granny's weather beetle on the Beverly Hillbillies. The weather beetle? Yeah, yeah. the weather beetle could <laughs> tell you what the weather was going to do. Well, there's a lot of actual wisdom to some of that. So we're talking about the high heat. It is summer, summer, summertime here in the Northern Hemisphere. And I'll tell you that it's hot here, but I will tell you that our friends in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, Southern California, even up as far as Utah, Wyoming, Colorado, they are suffering. They're they're at actual temp three digits. Yes. We were one digit away. I mean, we were one degree away from being three digits just about 45 minutes ago. Crazy, isn't it? I was watching here. I can see a project out there that I need to finish. And I'm not going to do that when it's in the 90s out there. With the humidity level here being so oppressive. You can walk out the back door, and by the time I get to the back walk, I'm just about wet. Mm -hmm. It's miserable. Let's get in and talk about avoiding, recognizing, and treating heat-related emergencies. Now, there's two types of heat-related emergencies, heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Right. Heat exhaustion is pretty serious. Heat stroke is always very serious. Now, heat exhaustion occurs when the body overheats due to some prolonged exposure to high temperatures or in physical exertion in hot environments, which is what we have out there today. A very hot, humid environment, and you mix manual labor in that, and you stand a chance of heat exhaustion. Go over some of the signs and symptoms of heat exhaustion. 
All right, here are the symptoms and signs of heat exhaustion. Number one, excessive sweating, dizziness, weakness, headache, nausea, vomiting, muscle cramps, and rapid heartbeat. Yes, and if this is left untreated, it can progress to heat stroke, which is a more severe condition. So let's talk about some treatment for heat exhaustion. And I know that in the history of my life, I have experienced some heat exhaustion, and I even knew at that time just how different and serious that was. Yeah, I went down on a wreck one time. We were working a wreck. Four drunks had hit a very large tree. I was a paramedic. I was a deputy sheriff. I'm wearing a bulletproof vest or a bullet-resistant vest get in the car, digging them out with the rescue unit. And when it was over, I went down. Yeah, I understand you. As you told the story, you you literally, did you actually pass all the way out? I didn't pass out, but I couldn't walk. You kind of collapsed. I just kind of collapsed right there. And they started pouring Gatorade and some other stuff in me and and (laughs) got me going. But And it's happened one other time on a wreck in the past. And... It's actually happened to me to milder degrees several times because since that first one, my thermostat has been messed up. Yeah, I think it actually did fundamentally change something of your chemical makeup. And that's been many, many years. But one of the things that we want to do is to move the affected person to a cooler environment. Now, recognize that this could be you recognizing the symptoms in yourself. Exactly. So if you recognize these symptoms, especially when you get into dizziness and weakness, even that excessive sweating, I mean, it's hard to tell what's excessive sometimes. But. I think you know your body best. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's an old-fashioned word, when you start feeling swizzy, because you've been in the heat, people understand the word swizzy, and you just got, you just know yourself if this is you you're happening to. You that's know. a pretty good description. Exactly. When you feel swizzy, when you're unsteady on your feet, when you start to pant, and you're just pouring water out mm-hmm. of your skin, move yourself to an indoors, even if it's not air conditioned. It's got to be shaded. It's got to be several degrees cooler. Yeah, that's where the old farmer used to get over under that shade tree for a little mm-hmm. while. Absolutely. You need to get out of the sun and rest a little bit. And that's another thing that we want to do is encourage the person to rest. And while they're resting, they need to drink plenty of fluids. As my doctor said, copious amounts of fluid. As is necessary. And we're not talking about, you know, beers and bourbons. We're talking about water, Water. Gatorade, Powerade, something that has electrolytes, even Pedialyte. Mm -hmm. For children, you know, an adult can drink it as well. But a lot of folks keep Pedialyte, especially on hand in the summer, because children will be outside playing and children won't know really to stop playing and they can become very overly exerted you've got to really watch your kids and make sure that they have shaded cool areas and plenty of electrolytes to drink so encourage them to rest and drink plenty of those fluids and what we want to do is to lower that body temp and we can do that with cool damp cloths to the skin you can do it by taking a cool shower and realize that this could go to the degree that somebody may require IV. Mm-hmm. Yes. We may need to put some fluid replacement in somewhat quicker than we can do if we are just drinking it. And that's probably if you've called 911 on someone, if you're overly concerned, if they're not speaking as consciously as they need to and paramedics can arrive, they're probably going to snap in an IV. And that IV really will. I've gone to the doctor's office before and had an IV 
from heat related things and it will really perk you up a lot. Yes, quicker. because it doesn't rely on having to go through your entire gastric intestinal system exactly. in order to hit your muscles and your lymph nodes. Exactly. And at that point you're dehydrated. I mean when you get into this situation, heat exhaustion you're already dehydrated. Severely. You know, we talked about that on our dehydration episode. Mm-hmm. It's just a few episodes back. Now, let's talk about heat stroke. Now, this is where the body's temperature regulation system fails. It has just totally lost the ability to keep the body cool, and it leads to a dangerously high body temperature. So some of the signs and the symptoms of heat stroke are a very high body temperature, usually above 103 degrees Fahrenheit, and also, and probably the most important and significant noticeable symptom, is a lack of sweating. Yes, you'll have hot and dry skin here, though. They'll be hot to the touch, and they'll be totally dry. And that's what you're talking about, that the thermal core of the body has now failed. Mm -hmm. Because sweating is the body's evaporative cooling mechanism. Exactly. And when that shuts off, now you've got hot, dry skin. Also, a very rapid and a very strong pulse or heartbeat. The patient will likely experience a headache, some dizziness, and this patient will have some confusion. They really will. When they're into heat stroke, there'll be a lot of confusion there. And sometimes it goes to a point of having nausea and vomiting and even can go to a loss of consciousness. Heat stroke is definitely a true medical emergency. Immediate professional medical help is crucial. So call the emergency services right away. And while you're waiting for help to arrive, move that person to a cooler area and try to lower their body temperature by any means possible. You know, when I was researching this and, and you know, we went through this a lot in paramedic school, but the first thought was chunk them in the swimming pool. Well, no, yeah, that that's probably not going to be the advisable track no, to take. No, because if they're unconscious and you throw them into the swimming pool, you got a whole new ball game. Uh, you know, refer with. to our episode called "Shock." Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And punch in the mouth if they're not unconscious. Mm-hmm. But now, these any means possible, it could be applying cold water to their skin. I've seen folks run the hose pipe over their head. I've seen them pour even Gatorade on their head to try to cool off some. And you can fan these folks. This is where moving air helps. And you can place ice packs on their neck, in their armpits, or even in their growing area to try to reduce that heat in their body. Well, let me also jump in here and say, do not put ice-cold water or ice cubes directly on the skin. That can cause shivering and a constriction of blood vessels. So wrap in a towel, clothing, a T-shirt, and buffer some of that. Uh, yes. you, know, you want it cool, but you don't want to shock their skin. Yeah, we don't want them shivering. And when you constrict the blood vessels, you're kind of going against what you're trying to do here. You want to be able to circulate that blood at a slightly cooler temperature. Now, these folks, when it comes to heat stroke, these folks will need in-hospital care. And we're talking while we still have hospitals, okay? When we're talking about wilderness medicine and there is no hospital to go to, it's a whole different ball game. But what we're looking here is active external cooling. They have ways that they can cool folks down. 
Part of it is with cool air and wind blowing on them, which is a technique you can use while you're waiting on help to get there, and that helps with the heat loss. The hospital has cooling blankets or ice packs that can help, but they are looking at lowering that body temperature. There's also some supportive care that's provided to address any complications or organ damage, and that would start with some IV fluids to prevent dehydration or treat it, and also to balance the electrolytes, which are obviously going to be out of kilter at that point. They're also going to monitor the vital signs and provide oxygen therapy if that is called for. And there may be some medications given to manage any kind of seizures, or muscle breakdown, or even any irregular heart rhythms that may be taking place. Yes, these folks can begin to go into heart arrhythmias, and if that progresses, it can be deadly when it goes into certain arrhythmias. We are expecting extreme heat in the U.S. and in other parts of the Northern Hemisphere, and we need to take care to avoid the heat-related emergencies in the beginning. It's great to know how to treat them. It's even greater to know how to avoid those heat-related emergencies. That's the old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yes. One of the things we see horror stories every year is a child being left in a hot car. And we see it regularly with pets being left in hot cars. Never leave anyone or a pet in a parked car without Air conditioning. And, you know, let me say this. Cracking the window is not enough. Mm-mm. That is not going to provide cooling temperatures inside a car. That heat is still going to greenhouse effect and rise very rapidly in that closed confined. And nowadays, if your car is in a very publicly accessed parking lot and a concerned citizen or a law enforcement officer sees an emergency situation regarding a child or a pet, They're going to break the opposite window from where that pet or person is located. They're going to rescue that child or that pet, and you're going to face a judge over it. So just be aware of that. Most likely, if you have left a child in that car, we're going to take the child to the hospital, and we're going to take you to jail. See, the temperature in that car when it's sitting in the sun can rise as much as 20 degrees in just 10 minutes. I've seen some things recently I read something not long ago, uh, like a few days ago, about somebody cooking cookies on a cookie sheet on the dash of the car. Oh, yes. And there was also a woman who lives in Houston, Texas, and she put a loaf pan of bread in her enclosed mailbox. I don't know how long it was in there, maybe an hour. And an hour later, she pulled out a fully baked golden brown loaf of bread baked in the box because the Houston temperature was like 114 that day Mm -hmm. with a heat index in the 125s somewhere, I believe. It was insane. So it may have been a slow baking, but it was a baking Mm -hmm. no less. Yeah, that's just how hard. Never, never leave anybody or a pet in a parked car without the air conditioning. Next thing that we need to do is stay hydrated. We talked about this on a previous episode, and I'll put the link to that in the episode notes if you'd like to go back and either read the episode notes on that particular episode, or if you'd like to listen to it, we'll put that link right there. But you need to drink plenty of fluids, especially water 
are those sports drinks that have electrolytes. That's things that we need to do. You also want to avoid the peak sun hours for your region. And for most of the United States, that's going to fall anywhere from 10 o'clock in the morning up through about 4.30 in the afternoon. That's when the rays of the sun are at their strongest. And if you can avoid outdoor activities within that about six-hour span, you'll be doing yourself a favor. Now, I realize that for some people, their job or their hobby or what have you, puts them outside during those hours. You're just going to have to make some plans and preparations to have some plan of action should you become overheated or dehydrated. Yeah, and these guys that doing paving on the roads, they're moving to doing nighttime paving right now. I know that, roo- yeah, roofers are starting their jobs at 6 in the morning. Yeah. So they can be done by 10 or 11 in the morning because it's just too, it's inhumane, really to force people to work during that hot part. Now, I realize there's people also at the swimming pools. There's lifeguards and whatnot. I get it. People are cooling off, and that's when you really need to protect your skin as well. Make sure that you're applying sunscreen Mm -hmm. every time you get out of the water and at least every two hours. Another thing that you can do is wear appropriate clothing. Now is not the time to be working outside in a black shirt and black pants. You need to be wearing lightweight, light-colored, loose-fitting clothing that helps the body to regulate the temperature even better. And do plan on resting in some shady areas. Take some regular breaks to cool off. You're really doing yourself a favor because, you know, the heat is just a reality. You're just going to have to deal with it. And that's a good time for that water break as well. Now, in as much as you can, take it easy. Start your activity slow and pick up the pace gradually. Now, see if exertion in the heat makes your heart pound or leaves you gasping for breath. Stop all activity and find a cool or shady area and rest, especially if you become lightheaded, confused, weak, or faint. And if possible, stay cool indoors. If possible, in an air-conditioned place or at least have some fans running, There are also areas in some of the more urban settings where they have cool places you can go. Libraries, gymnasiums, places like that, a public, even a shopping mall or a train station sometimes has enough space to have a large amount of people to come in to cool off. Yeah, it'd be a good time to go to the mall and do some serious people watching. Or just walking for exercise. Yep. We want you to be very cautious if you're at increased risk of heat-related issues. See, some medications and conditions increase your risk of heat-related problems. If you don't know for certain what your medications do in relation to heat, talk with your pharmacist. Talk with your doctor. What precautions do I need to take with this medication? Or am I on any medication that I have to be really cautious because of the heat. That's something to do and avoid the heat if you possibly can and act quickly if you notice symptoms of overheating. I know personally that I am susceptible, so I take those precautions. I hope you do too. Remember, if you would like the episode notes, go to practicalprepping.info slash 397. 
We have reprised our Practical Prepping monthly newsletter. If you haven't started to receive it, you can email us at info at practicalprepping.info, or you can use the contact link on the website. And if you receive value from the podcast, would you help us by giving back a little by buying us a cup of coffee? We want to upgrade the software that we use for the podcast and make the audio even better than it is at this point. And your help would be greatly appreciated. And you'll find that link on the front page of our website, practicalprepping.info. And as Krista always says, stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.